This might be one of the most extraordinary interviews of my life because I'm currently sitting in South Africa and we have somehow been able to wrangle a signal and a connection to Mark DeForce, who is a senior scientist at the South African Weather Service, currently on the Cape Agulhas 2, which is the now world-famous South African polar exploration vessel. They are down in Antarctica, in the Antarctic Circle, in the South Ocean, the most dangerous ocean in the world, because they have just made history. They have discovered and found a team from all around the world including some incredible South African scientists and seafarers they have found a 100 year old shipwreck that many thought would never ever be discovered Hi there Dan um, yep you're quite correct I'm on the Esther Angelis 2 which is South Africa's uh, flagship polar research vessel and I'm at the moment somewhere around 1100 nautical miles southwest of Cape Town so just shy of So at the moment we're actually seeing sunshine which is a welcome relief because when you work uh, in the polar regions you can go for months without seeing the sun. Uh, We were in the sea ice for just shy of a month. Um, Grey skies, uh, a white desert if you like. But uh, today because we're now quite a bit further north um, we're actually seeing sunshine, uh, blue oceans but very windy so lots of white waters as well. So Mark before we get into the story of how your team which involves many South Africans achieved what many thought was unthinkable which was discovering the wreck of endurance one of the most infamous or famous shipwrecks of all time as far as i understand you are in charge of making sure that all of the right data and information is given to the ship so that it can be sailed safely but also that there are underwater robots that are used to go exploring on behalf of the team that also need a ton of perfect information yes exactly so um you know operating a ship itself is difficult enough in in remote environments like the Antarctic. You've got big waves on the way down, uh, lots of storm systems, strong winds and so forth, which which are obviously a factor for the safety of the ship and the comfort of the crew. Um, but then once you're into the ice, then it's a, an incredibly complex operation to deploy these robots. Uh, you can imagine just fields and fields of thick, you know, one to two meter, sometimes three, four meter sea ice, which is uh, hard as a rock. And you somehow have to break through this ice and then deploy these million euro uh, robots. And you know, doing that safely and effectively requires very uh, intricate planning. So you need to know what the tides are gonna do, you need to know what the currents are doing around you, how the ice is gonna drift because you're locked into the ice. So where the ice goes, the ship goes. And you, know, you need to take all of these things into account to make sure that you can get the robot back. But um, my job kind of is providing the information and really the, the navigation team on the vessel and the, the AUV, Autonomous Vehicle Operators, are real global experts. And it's a pleasure to watch them work. And this extraordinary aid team was assembled from experts from all over the world with one mission, to try and find the most iconic shipwreck, Endurance. What is the story behind this century-old exploration disaster? Sir Ernest Shackleton was a British polar explorer and uh, one of the real heroes of of polar exploration history. And he um, bought endurance um, for use in the Antarctic because he wanted to cross um, the entire Antarctic continent with his crew. And the ship was wooden, which is just incredible, you know, to think that they were going into these regions, which we find difficult enough with a modern day purpose built ship. But um, at the same time, endurance was kind of state of the art for um, the early 20th century, she was far stronger than a lot of wooden vessels, uh, contemporary, her contemporaries, specifically designed in Norway for, for sea ice 
uh, work. So she was really a proud vessel at the time, um, but then yeah, she became beset in the ice, trapped in the ice, and the ship drifted with the ice for many months um, to the point where eventually the, the pressure of the ice flows against the hull was just too much and the ship got crushed and sank. Uh, now, the story is kind of known as one of the greatest, if not the greatest survival story of all time because you're dealing with temperatures of, you know, minus 20 down to minus 40 degrees Celsius, winds of 50 to 60 knots, which are 120 kilometers per hour regularly. Um, and these men survive for months and months um, by making their way across the frozen ice pack, pulling the wooden lifeboats, which are no bigger than uh, maybe think of like two kayaks, one in front of the other, no longer than that. Um, by pulling these lifeboats across the ice, camping, hunting wildlife and, and surviving. Um, and then ultimately Shackleton sailed back from Elephant Island, which they eventually reached to South Georgia, which is a Southern Ocean, it was a whaling station at the time, and to go and get help. And I mean, just that voyage between Elephant Island and South Georgia itself would have been one of the greatest maritime feats, I think, of all time, because the Southern Ocean is the roughest ocean on the planet. But he did that and then came back and rescued everybody. So after that entire ordeal lasting, you know, a year, nobody actually ended up losing their life. So it really is an incredible story. Yeah, totally extraordinary. And that brings us to present day when the South African vessel, the SAA Gullis II, was chosen to try and be the first to find endurance. Why is it such a perfect ship for this task? So the SAA Gullis, um, as she's known, SAA Gullis II, is um, South Africa's polar research vessel. So. She has two main functions. One is scientific research, also to support the logistics associated with our Antarctic base, Sinai 4, down on the Antarctic continent. And she, uh, the SAX2 is what we call a polar class 5 vessel. So her hull and her machinery, the propellers and so forth, are strengthened to be able to deal with the sea ice and the, the major forces that those that the sea ice introduces into the, the structure of the ship. So she was kind of ideally suited for the mission. And I'm sure it was wildly difficult to even figure out where to start looking. Like you might have had some historical records, but also maybe they were inaccurate. Maybe the ice flows have moved. It must have been so challenging. It's difficult to explain just how complex the operation is. Um, certainly, I had no idea before before I got on board. But essentially, you know, you're locked into the ice. Our ship is locked into the ice kind of in the same way that that endurance was. And so you go where the ice wants to go, irrespective of where you want to look on the seabed. So you're moving constantly and the ship's navigation team and the AUV operators are in this constant planning, replanning, um, adjusting, adapting mode to cope with the environmental conditions which are shifting everything. So it's a constant matter of breaking ice, you know, backtracking, going back to where you want to look, deploying the AUV, which is an incredible piece of technology, scanning the seabed with multi-beam sonar and so forth. and. Yeah, it's a, there's, there's never a dull moment, that's for sure. And then, almost unbelievably for some, it happened. You guys did it. You found endurance. Tell me about that moment when you discovered that you had done what so many people thought would never be done. Um, well, I was actually having dinner, I think, in the, in the mess hall when we found out. And certainly there were lots of high fives and whooping and shouting and so on. You know, all credit goes to the AV operators because they were locked into a little container on the aft deck of the ship um, with all of their screens and, and control interfaces and so forth. And 
what I'm really interested to know is what exactly happened in that little operator's container at the exact moment that they saw the signature in the sonar data. But yeah, it was an absolutely joyous occasion and the vibe on, on the vessel was uh, unrivaled. Mate, this is just so inspirational to me because on a very basic level, you're a young South African like me who got excited about a career, went and studied actually at the same place at UCT as me, and this is how your story has unfolded. Incredible, man. <laughs> Yeah, it is quite incredible. Um, I, I think, you know, the communication and the, um, the amount of data that we've been able to pull onto the ship just using satellite internet is, has been amazing. Certainly, I, I always hoped that I would be involved, but um, at the same time, this expedition is definitely not um, an everyday occurrence. Um, this is a once-in-a-lifetime opportunity for me just as much. And, and I've been on the ship a handful of times before and, and down to the Antarctic before, but, but this expedition is is truly unique and I've been incredibly privileged to be a part of it. Well, Mark DeFoss, Senior Scientist at the South African Weather Service, has been it has been an absolute privilege to speak with you all the way down there in the Southern Ocean after making history and making South Africans proud. What does the rest of the trip hold in store for you? For the rest of the trip, I carry on with my day-to-day work on board, so I'm making sure that there's a good flow of weather and ocean information to people that need it because we're still very far from home. Um, and I'll also start writing up cruise reports and summaries and whatever sort of admin needs to be taken care of ahead of uh, arrival in Cape Town. But um, we are looking forward to a small celebration once we're back in Cape Town with the whole team um, back, back on dry land. Um, so that should be fun. So that's Mark DeFoss, one of a number of incredible South Africans who made up this world star A-team of explorers, researchers, scientists and seafarers who found the iconic, many thought never to be found shipwreck endurance just a few days ago at the bottom of the world. And that is the exclusive just for you, the Five Nation. Five Breakfast. With Dan, Matty, Holly and Marley.